The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Take the example of the United States, population 35% smaller than Europe, GDP, economy 35% bigger, but equity markets 10 times more liquid than the UK and Europe put together. So where does that come from? And I think it's good to be thinking about it. There's obviously, again, a new process that has started. Can we modify this rule or that rule? But fundamentally, you have a corporate funding environment that to the tune of more than 85% and the UK is in the same position as the rest of the EU, as Europe, is funded by bank lending. Whereas the US funds its economy to the tune of 85% from capital markets, mostly equities and a range of other capital instruments, but only 15% comes from bank lending. And it's the fundamental difference in approach where the UK and Europe have an economy funded mostly by debt, a downside focus, bankruptcy focus, protection, guarantees, focus, funding environment, and where regulation, and even more importantly, fiscal policies, subsidizes debt heavily, but punishes equities. And it's that whole difference in culture that has been induced by many decades of fiscal and regulatory policy that has created the difference. And I think we're today at a point where some pretty thoughtful, radical reform is needed. There's no shortage of innovation, great academic institutions, technological, entrepreneurial spirit, capital, all the ingredients are there, except for the fact that we can't scale them up. And you can't scale up the industries of the future, particularly tech, without far deeper equity markets. So then why is government not listening, not taking that advice? Why are they not part of the Edinburgh reform? It drives essentially down to one element which is in the UK and Europe, policymakers like to control the distribution of capital to the corporate sector, influence it. If you have a very oligopolistic, very concentrated banking industry, dependent for its regulation, for its capital ratios on the central bank, therefore the government, you essentially have a government which is at the heart of a capital distribution system where it's not investors that make the decision on which technology is gonna be scaled up ultimately it has to go through the banking sector. Why do you think that the conversation in the UK specifically has reached this crescendo point? Why is it now that, that you know, we hear much more from business about this now, about the possibility of change? Because I believe that the UK has a lot more to lose 
than the rest of Europe. London was an undisputed global financial hub, a leader, if not the number one, in my opinion it was, number one in many areas. And we're now seeing in some areas some of that leadership being freighted away, going away. And those are the numbers. This is not a, a political debate. This is a technical debate. So there are those who are part of building that global leadership, building the global compression engine in the interest rate swap uh, uh, clearing at the London Clearinghouse was not an easy thing to do. This goes back to 2015 and 16. LCH became the biggest clearinghouse in the world, the biggest financial complex. And when you see those advantages being freighted away, a lot of the folks that work incredibly hard to secure this advantage, some of them start speaking out. The £50 billion um, pound fund for investment, the Lord Mayor of the City of London, Nicholas Lyons, proposed it, Labour have backed it. There is this idea that this money would take pension fund investment cash and then push it towards growth businesses. It seems to have some backing, others are quite critical. Again, is that tinkering? In terms of opinions, they're plentiful and they're cheap. But US equity markets trade $700 billion every day. The whole of the UK and Europe trades 70 billion. So there is no lack of capital in Europe. There is no lack of great technologies. The UK has some of the most fantastic universities in the world, has a great deal of entrepreneurial spirit. There's no problem with the startup economy, but we're not freeing, unleashing the full power of equity markets. And equity markets are essentially private investors, institutional investors, pension funds, insurance companies, making the bets for the future, for future growth. That is the power that we risk eschewing if we look at government-driven solutions where public money, again, gets in a fairly minor fashion earmarked to fund technology. Uh, it's, it's not the way this works. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.